It's Barely in Topic, a podcast for Boston Bruins fans by Boston Bruins fans. Welcome to Barely in Topic. I'm feeling so positive. It's episode 432, and it's been a week. I'm here, I'm of course VA, with Jeff. What's up? And Tim. Hi. Oh boy. I have a feeling that the whole, the best part of what we've recorded so far, which won't go into the episode, was talking about the Godzilla movie. So I want to, I want to fucking fight Rick Kelly Sutherland, like to the death, bare, bare knuckles. Well, you're like a foot taller than him, so that's good. Yeah, as long as I get like one throat grab, and then I can just like, you know, like like speed bag him for a while. Yep. Yep. Do we just want to talk about that? Do we even want to talk about these games? Both the games resulted in losses. And the officiating for both of them was horseshit. However, holy goddamn fuck, Game 5. All right, let's talk about what happened after Game 3. So, career enforcer. So a guy earned almost every dollar he did in this NHL on his ability to punch people. Complains after the game that, quote, we were the elite, Blues were the least penalized team in the playoffs in the first three rounds. Hang on, we'll circle back to that, Tim. Breathe. <laughs> so where do we start on that one? We'll start on just on, on the game that he was talking after. Well, I mean, we discussed that game last week, right? That game was... In broad terms, he complained about this after his team, of course, had given up four goals on four power play shots over four power plays. But you took those four power play shots that resulted in four power play goals, which ex- resulted in four points on the board. If you took those away, the Bruins still beat you three to two, so shut the fuck up. And they had more power play chances than Boston did. Yes. Also, two of those power plays, one of them was because you got a coach's challenge wrong, and the other one was a bullshit <laughs> slash in the last two minutes of the game. So, like, really? That's, like, two penalties called that were, like, actually called against the Bruins, but that's too much? He was just pissed his penalty kill sucked. Yeah. Now, unfortunately, it turns out the referee corps in the NHL are entirely populated by invertebrates. Because they're spineless. Oh, I was going to say, they're all brain dead. And possibly, you know, because they don't have a brain, their eyes are functionless. Like, seriously, at this point, give me fucking Tim Peel. At least his competence knows no bias. They're jellyfish. That's what they are. No brain, no spine. Jellyfish. So Baruby complained about how they were the least penalized team, which is objectively untrue. Not a single round were they the least penalized, in fact. Here's the thing. In a Stanley Cup playoffs, like let's over, let, look at the overarching series or a bunch of series uh, that incorporates this Stanley Cup playoffs. Um, officiating has been horrendous. And saying we're the least penalized team is nothing to be proud about because that means the refs didn't call shit on you or called more shit on the other instead of you for some reason. Now, never mind the fact that they won, they beat the Sharks by injuring people. Literally, what they're doing to the Bruins, they did it to the Sharks. They systematically eliminated Pavelski, Carlson, and Hurdle. Now we got Grizzlick and Chara, and not for lack of trying, any number of other players. <laughs> Remind me, were they the ones who benefited from or lost because of the hand pass goal? They lost because of it, and they lost their minds. But then they won the series, and in quite efficiently afterwards. Well, when you knock out half the other team. Oh, that's yeah. just it. When you when you knock out a, a thirty-five minute defenseman and the team the team's best goal scorer and one of their other better goal scorers, fuck. <laughs> See, here's here's the thing. They're they're going after players 
they're targeting the top players on other teams with disposable fourth line guys and the NHL is allowing it to happen because of course for this game six Barbashev has been suspended and guess what they're just trying to put Fabry in and they're fine we are jumping a little bit ahead of ourselves we're just so full of rage that it's hard to contain it in a way that makes chronological sense at this point let's hold back on that we're going to come to that again so they're not the least penalized so far in the playoffs. Berube complained about the penalties of game three. And then what happened for game four, guys? The first period, nothing was called. Nothing. Nothing was called. Should things have been called? Absolutely. Was anything called? No. Nope. And then when they started calling penalties, they said, we'll give you guys a one period buffer with no calls. You guys, we're going to just let you play. There should have been calls. I can't remember anything specifically right now, but I know that it was like, oh, yeah, that's right. Interference was nothing. Interference is, is not something that gets penalized anymore in that first period of game four. But I will tell you that in uh, the second period, the Bruins got penalized twice, including a Tarasenko dive. Oh, oh, fuck that. The rare standing dive. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Tarasenko literally initiated contact with Clifton, then acted like he got hit and got a penalty was called against Clifton. I'd forgotten all about the the, the bad calls and like genuinely forgotten the details of the bad calls in game four because I was so angry after game five. Holy shit. God damn it. What the fuck? After game five, it's hard to remember what happened in game four. Let's just be honest. Um, I mean, I had to go through it today. I had to read something I wrote up on it. I had to go through the actual game thing and and look at the goals and and look at some gifts of things that weren't called. And it was like, oh, my God, (sighs) that game four was shitty. Not as shitty as game five, but it was shitty because the Bruins lost uh, four to two. They ended up losing Zanino Chara in it as well. It's almost unimportant to talk about the goals at this point in that game. Yeah. It is, and I actually want to point something out, too. So, since Berube complained, there have been five penalties called, I believe, against St. Louis in two games. Of those five penalties, I believe two of them were puck over glass, so that stupid rule. And I believe one of them was also a too much man. Yeah. Like, so three of them are nonsensical, stupid, shoot-yourself-in-the-foot penalties, and nothing else is called. They're literally letting them run around and do whatever the fuck they want. Oh, yeah. Headshots galore in both games. Headshots. They were going high on people. They were terrorizing Tory Krug again. Tory Krug is like, "Fuck you, fuck you. Don't care. Uh, you can do this to me all day. I'm, I'm still going to fucking hate you." Basically, two of the goals in the first period that were uh, Blues goals, goals O'Reilly and Tarasenko's, they were off of rebounds. The rebound control for Tuca was not good in this game. Unfortunately, the Blues were really good at being in the right position to take shots early in the second period. That's when Chara went down. You know, I think it was 3.07 in the first period. So the Bruins went to five defensemen after that. And we know what usually happens, at least uh, in this series, when they go down to five defensemen. Because this is the second time they've gone down to five defensemen. Although this one wasn't penalizable because it was, uh, because the puck came off of Char's own stick. So the one good thing that happened in the second period, can we just, can we just take this moment to appreciate Brandon Carlo's goal, his shorthanded. Oh my god! Yes, it was. It was wonderful. It was. He was. I've seen him miss on empty nets <laughs> this season. <laughs> Marshy got the puck, tied it up a little bit, gave it over to Bergie. 
Bergie shot. The rebound came back towards Carlo. It's Carlo had an open side of the net and just shot it one timer. There you go. And it was like, oh my God, what a load off of his back. Marshy was super stoked. That whole hug sequence was awesome. It inspired a, a tweet thread that I did later in the week. But And it was so key because... Carlo, I mean, like he deserved that goal so bad. It was only his third point in 22 games this playoffs. I know it's not what we pay Carlo to do, but like still, it's 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 upsetting because the next lowest for players that have played all 22 games was Danton Heinen with eight points. Mm, yeah, because that was a shorthanded goal. I'm pretty sure that came up when they were killing that Tarasenko penalty. So the hockey gods looked down upon us and saw, yikes, here's a goal from Carlo. And at that point, I honestly thought, like, when it was tied like that, out of that Carlo goal, I honestly thought they were going to win because I was like, of all people to score a shorthanded goal, it's Brendan Carlo. They're winning this game. Oh, and, you know, it, it's heartbreaking because after the game, he was like, I would take back that goal if it meant that we could win that game. And I'm like, but you can't because that that kept you guys in the game, Brandon. I mean, he's so humble. That was like the good thing that happened in the period. That was it. I think it was like, what? I don't know what time it was. And then uh, they, they go to lose the game. You know, that last goal was, was an empty netter. Um, the only fault I can find with it is that Cliffy Hockey, poor Clifton, he turned over the puck. But that primed the pump for some outrage for us because it seems like the officiating was based upon what Barraby thought uh, after game three, which it's embarrassing that the officials would kowtow to that. Because game five happened on, what was it? Game five was in Boston, and it was on the 6th on D-Day. And everybody has lost their fucking minds because of it. You know what, guys? I think we should just let the rage out. Let it out. All right, so here's the thing. Fucker! Here's the thing, and I said, I tweeted this after the game, and I actually tweeted to uh, Steve Dangle after the game. This game... Has, and especially with the response from Blues fans who know absolutely zero about hockey and <laughs> stuff like that, it made me miss Toronto and Toronto fans. Like, that's how bad that game was. It made me miss it. Honest to God, because I'm glutton for punishment. I watched the cup check from Steve Dangle after game five just to kind of see what he would say. When you have Steve Dangle pining for a call that happened against the Bruins, he was literally on the Bruins' side for something. You know the NHL fucked up. Oh. Yeah. So what's what's the order of events on the on the fuck ups here? Was the uh, the headshot on Johansson the first uh, Blanton one? It was the first. It was in the first period. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And there was a second headshot. I can't remember on who that was also Krug. missed. Krug. 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 Yep. And then the hold of uh, the uh, that um, uh, Sunkiss pulled on Krug, I believe. Yep. And after that, Tori Krug asked if he could punch him. <laughs> <laughs> it wouldn't get called, so why not? He was begging the refs to let him punch him because that's what they've been doing this whole series. That they knocked Matt Grizzlick out. That's the other small guy. So now they're just going to completely pick on Tory Krug full time, unless you're Braden Shen, and then you thought I'm going to take on Zdeno Chara because my dick is that big. It ain't that big, buddy. It ain't that big. Braden, With a br- dude, you have no dick. Effectively, it tr- rounds down to zero. He <laughs> tried to take on Chara, who had a broken jaw and was playing, and it still didn't work out in your favor. Maybe take a seat. There was one play where he was going after Chara, and he was going up high because he is 
He's pushing that shoulder up high. He's trying to hit the job. He's trying to go after after uh, Chara. He starts on the first play of the game. That's what he's doing. Then at one point, Chara stopped short, and then Braden Shen hit the, the glass. And Corrali did the same thing later on in the game, where he went to go hit Corrali, and Corrali like, hit the brakes, and that guy went flying. It's been really great to see that happen. But the point is, is that they're going for heads. The fact that you have the Bruins, like, part of their strategy is now stopping short so guys fly out of nowhere into the boards themselves is telling you how bad they're targeting the head. And with the Johansson hit, Barbashev, that looked an awful lot. And I saw the side-by-side, looked an awful lot on the hit, like the hit that Matt Cook laid on Mark Savard. On a player with a pretty rich hist- recent history of, uh, of uh, concussions and other injuries, you know? I mean, like, this playoffs are the only reason he's likely to actually get paid in free agency because he hadn't been having a particularly... His last two seasons have been catastrophic. Look, you know, they didn't call in on the ice. Dops took a look at it, and they, they decided it was time to suspend him for a game. And you know what? I am just like, I don't fucking care. I just don't. Because I'm at this point where it's like, why does that matter to me? It's just a fourth liner. You're going to just plug in some other guy and he's going to do the same bullshit. Now, another uncalled call that wasn't a headshot, but certainly resulted in someone's head hitting the hitting a solid object. Marshawn's been suspended for numerous games previously on Slewfoots that were less egregious than the Bozak trip. Wait a minute. Did we talk about the uh, Tory Krug hold? We haven't even gotten that far yet. No, I just got distracted. I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah. We should go to Tory Krug hold because the, the Achari is the crown jewel of uh, stupidity. Yeah, so, so we mentioned the holds and we mentioned that Krug asked to punch the, asked the ref so he could punch him. But just to give some idea, I mean, I'm sure listeners, you all saw the game, but it was like 10, 15 seconds of holding his stick in one, holding like the lower part of Krug's stick in one hand and Krug's arm in the other. He was like, sitting on him so like literally again two different penalties at the same time a general hold and a holding the stick well what was really important about that one is this there was a real scoring opportunity for alex petrangelo there and yes thank the hockey gods that david Krejci did the michael Ryder impression oh that was that was beautiful he bounced that puck off his check because tuca was far out in the crease and could not get back in time. And that puck was coming from the same general area. No, no, it, I'm sorry. It was the opposite area from where. Yeah, it was, it was towards the other face-off dot because they were right. on one face. They were on the right dot. Krejci slid over in goal yeah. towards the shot. So that was good. So, yes, had Krejci not had the presence of mind to do that, that would have been a goal. And you had one of your defensemen being tied up over in the other corner being interfered with. Hold in two different blatant ways that could arguably be separate penalties. And the ref was right there. The ref was right there. Now, we should also note, and I'm not going to say pursue this with this one much because it's really hard to say one way or the other, but there's a pretty compelling case to be made that, of course, at that point, they'd already scored their first goal, correct? Correct. Yes, because the uh, first goal was like 50 seconds into the second period. Yes. And that was the which, end of the second. Which, this uh, this first goal probably should have been a too much a too much man penalty. Maybe. There were six there were six skaters on the ice, it seems. Whether or not it affected the goal or not is reason it's questionable. But anyway, we should be we would be remiss to note that there is some that there is some Tom Foot tomfoolery and skullfuckery going on with that goal as well. Maybe just tomfoolery. The other one's skullfuckery. <laughs> so obviously that holding wasn't called, the goal was averted and everybody was like, What the fuck? Now, we're gonna go into the third period. Hmm. <sighs> Just 
prior to the midway point in the third period. Now, I have set up the time, guys. Here you go. Rage! Nolachari has the puck. He comes around behind his own net. It's going to come up the boards, right? Tyler motherfucking Bozak. Of all people. Comes in at a, at, a, at, a, at a rear decline angle, kicks one foot out from underneath him with his stick, and then hits the other, and then slew foots him with the with the leg taken out the other foot. Again, arguably two penalties in one. You know, it would only ever get called for just tripping or just slew fitting, but that's not the point here nor there. Achari goes down, hits the back of his head on the ice, which is really fucking bad. Was pulled off by a concussion spotter. Yep. Meanwhile, while he's prone on the ice. Bozak puts it, looks at the ref and puts his hand up to try to protest in, in preparation of protesting what is presumably the inevitable call. Play doesn't stop, though. Play doesn't stop. The whistle doesn't blow. Bozak realizes that it's not happening. Play resumes. And David Perron. Of course, David motherfucking Perron. Scores goal number two. I want somebody to na- knock him to next week. I want somebody to put him in the... Per- uh, the concussion protocol, and that's terrible. I'm not this person, but that's how angry, how angry I am about the officiating, and that's how angry I am about David Perron being able to fucking score after he, all this shit he does on the ice to Tory Krug or Grizzly when he was playing. All this shit that he does. Oh, He's I such hate a him. fucking shit rat. I know. If he were on our team, we'd probably, you know. But I don't well, want to think about that. About He's that. never going to be an artist. His, his shit rattery is not the same type of shit rattery that Marshawn pulls. Marshawn's never been much of a headhunter, regardless of what other teams fan, teams fan bases will tell okay. you. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I guess there is a difference. I, I guess. Yes. You're right. You're right. You're right. But oh my God. I fucking hate Dave Braun. I just want him to fucking die. <laughs> like, yeah. Go play in traffic, you sorry fuck. It was, it was bad. And, and here's the thing about this goal there's a few things about it first of all at the end of the game uh when the nhl decided about 35 minutes after the game ended to finally post the game winning goal of a stanley cup game five they just happened to edit out the trip in the highlight and all of a sudden you see the nhl's official twitter be like oh david perone scores to go to nothing and Every single response is nice editing job. What happened? What happened a few seconds before that? And at the end of it, all of a sudden, you see Achari on the ground looking up, like, what the fuck's going on at the bottom of the screen as the goal's being scored. But you don't actually see how Achari got to the ice. Now, not every response was like that because my husband's response was brilliant. And he said, Oh, I understand where the refs were now. They were in the stands watching this unfold because that's how they totally missed the interference uh, and slew foot on Nolachari. I mean, I was going to say they were behind the bench um, with, you know, Barubi's cock in their mouth. But, you know, I mean, there's little, that as technically well. a little homophobic. So I should probably figure out another analogy. But anyway, you know, here we are. I mean, no, I stand back. No, fuck it. I stand by it. I don't think it's homophobic. I don't think it's homophobic. It, the only people who would interpret that as, as homophobic are the people who are homophobes, <laughs> who, would, who don't like that. I would not say that it is. I would say that you're absolutely right, because they've been servicing Barubi the last two games. The NHL on NBC crew regularly fillets Sidney Crosby, Patrick Kane, and Jonathan Taves. So, come on. Which is funny, because that's probably the only consensual blowy that, that, that Patrick Kane's ever gotten. Oh! Oh! <laughs> wow! See, we still have room to joke, guys. Uh, 
And here's the thing, too. If we want to go joke, Achari hit the ice harder than Ryan O'Reilly at Tim Hortons. Oh. oh. And that's the main thing here. When you have Toronto Maple Leafs fans and Bruins fans agreeing on something, you done fuck. And to top it all off, they decided to ask Bozak about the penalty after the game. What did he say? I don't really know what happened, but I'll take it. Of course you will. Of course you will. What else would he say about well, that? Well, one, those kind of things aren't reviewable. And two, if, if he even admitted culpability there, you know, it's a bad look for the NHL because they don't want that. I have one more joke for you. In a way, it's almost too bad that Brad Marchand didn't take a puck to the face and get his jaw broken because then he could have said, despite all of his rage, he's still just a rat in the cage. Oh my god! <laughs> <laughs> but no, I don't want that to happen, hockey gods. Don't hurt Brad Marchand. Thank you. Okay, so after the game, Bruce Cassidy had a lengthy thing to say. And I'm going to read it out for you. He went full scorched earth, yeah. Those are the hits they want to get out of the game, correct? That's what I hear a lot about. Clearly, they missed a couple tonight. It's a fast game. I sat here two days ago or whatever it was and said I believe these officials are at this level because they've earned the right to be here you should be getting the best but I mean the narrative changed after game three there's a complaint or whatever put forth by the opposition it just seems to have changed everything the no call on Achari their player is on his way to the box it's right in front of the official it's a slew foot our guy's gone the spotter took him off the ice for a possible concussion I mean it's blatant it had a big effect on the game. This has happened. I'm a fan of the game. It's the National Hockey League's getting a black eye with their officiating in the playoffs. And there's another one that's going to be talked about. I thought it was a great hockey game. That call, probably, there's time. But it's it's really made it difficult for us to get the win tonight. So I'm disappointed. So I guess to answer your original question, it was egregious. But we're moving on. We're getting ready for game six. Now... The important thing to point out here is this. Had the slew foot been called on Tyler Bozak, there would be no scoring opportunity for David Perron because that would have been negated. They would have blown it dead. Right. There would have been a penalty, and then the Bruins would have been on the power play, and that that would not have happened. Now, granted, the Bruins at that point had not scored. They had not scored a goal, so they went down 2-0 when that happened. But taking away that Perron goal... If you would have called the penalty and it wouldn't have happened in the first place, that would have made it a one nothing game. And that and the Bruins could have come back to get that. And they could have come back to, to win that game too, but they didn't. No, the refs had already made their decision about who was winning that game. So, you know. So he, he, here's the thing too. You can say, okay, the refs are not the reason why the Bruins lost. You can say that the Bruins didn't score, whatever, fine. But here's something else can also be true. The refs did take away the Bruins' ability to win that game because of how they called stuff. And it's awful that Game 5 of the Stanley Cup ends up like that. And I think I think Cassidy's correct um, that it is kind of a black eye to the league with the officiating and things like that. And the other thing that I would like to point out, too, is Berube, who, of course, complained and judged the refs after game three, and basically gamed the system, as it will. After game five was asked, you know, about the officiating, 
And what did he say? Oh, I'm not here to judge the refs. Oh, okay. Of course you're going to say that after you literally were handed two wins on a silver platter because you complained and judged the refs. Didn't he say something similar after game four too? Yeah, he said he thought the officiating after game four uh, was good and it was called correctly. Here's the thing too about Cassidy's comments. It was apparently considered controversial. His comments were considered controversial enough that it, it, it warranted people having to report that the NHL wasn't going to consider fining him for those post-game comments. That's bullshit. We live in the stupidest fucking timeline. How is that any different than Ruby coming out and saying what he did after game three? It's not. I don't know. But uh, apparently, like, this warranted reporting that they weren't going to find him. But it was reported by, by, uh, by TSN's Frank Saravalli and um, uh, re-reported from his stuff by uh, Ty Anderson. Was how I found out about that. I'm just like, what the fuck? If the refs are just going to decide each game, they've already picked out who they want to be the winner. And, oh boy, oh boy, we got to talk about that thing that popped up. Tim Donahue. That's a Tim Donahue. That happened in the NBA with Tim Donahue admitting to fixing games as a ref in the conference finals and things of that nature. Okay, okay, but that's not that's not exactly what I'm talking about. But what I'm saying is, if hypothetically, because I've turned into a conspiracy theorist all of a sudden, because and I'm not that kind of person because I I believe in reason and I understand the principle of Occam's razor. But God damn it, it seems like the fix is in. Why are you making us go to six games? Why are you making us go to seven games? If you already know who you want to win. This is bullshit. You do that in five games. Don't waste our time. I hate it when people waste my time. These fucking rats are wasting my time. I have something to say, too, about the officiating. And this is something that I think happens a lot with fans, players around the league. So... Someone on Twitter, I forgot who it was, posed the question. So everyone's just okay with terrible officiating as long as it goes to the against the Bruins, huh? And this was someone who doesn't cover the Bruins. I think it was actually Sarah Sivian. And every single response was like, "Yeah, basically, karma." I'm I'm in favor of the euthanasia of the euthanasia of every other hockey fan base at this point. Indiscriminate. Not even tie. Like I want the fucking I want the fucking gauntlet. I'm going to say every hockey fan of non hockey non Boston hockey teams. Oh my god, that he is throwing down or putting on. I'm going full fucking Thanos on this one. Oh my god. <laughs> and I, and I agree so much because here's the thing. If that happened to any other fan base, what just happened to the Bruins, there's an absolute there's even more of an outcry than there is now. But because, oh, it's Boston. Boston always gets all the calls. Oh, Boston has the Patriots. Boston has the Red Sox. They've won all. Let St. Louis win. That's not how sports work. Didn't have your team be better than ours? Not have your team have to have the game fucking fixed by the goddamn shitty fucking referees. What in the actual fuck is wrong with this goddamn shitty fucking league? We have at least 10 games a year where we have a goal taken away from us. At least. That's a hard floor. <laughs> uh, I'm just saying that's that's the reality of the situation. We have made up a player called No Goal. We made up that player in the 2014-2015 season, or, or even before. It was probably before that. I just kind of came in at that point, and I realized that No Goal was a was a player on the Bruins, and we would trade him sometimes, but he'd always come back to the Bruins. I mean, it seemed like every game, every game that season had one no-goal event, and it was just so awful. I mean, oh, 
God. So please do not tell me that Boston Bruins get all the breaks. Yeah, you know what? The the Patriots find some way to win all the time. It's because the AFC East sucks. Do you not understand that? The AFC East is so easy to roll over because every team there sucks. And guess what? They still suck this year. So the Patriots are going to win that division. If you win your division, it's really easy, uh, especially if you win your division so well that you get first or second seed in the playoffs. It's so easy then to go to the Super Bowl. Everybody's an idiot. Also, I'd like to point out, too, in terms of the Red Sox, the Red Sox have won four World Series since 2004. That's an awful lot. How many did they win the 86 years before that? Absolutely none. Zero. Zilch. Nada. They got screwed over by the baseball gods. There was Bucky Dent. There was Aaron Boone. There was freaking Bill Buckner. R.I.P. recently. Like, literally, all this stuff happened to the Red Sox. There was the 1946 series against the St. Louis Cardinals, which Johnny Pesky threw the ball a fraction of a second too late, and they lost the series. Like, ooh, and it was to St. Louis, because of course it was. And, you know, this shit, like... I'm sick and tired of people ragging on Boston because they win. Also, I'm sick and tired of the people who are like, oh, Boston really can't handle adversity anymore, huh? How about they they should not win for the next 30 30 years and just scorch all this whole shit? Well, you know what? Fuck you and your all your shit for saying that because that's not true. The Boston Bruins did not win a championship for 39 years. 39. 39, okay? Bruins, uh, I think also importantly, the Bruins have only won six, and they are one of the oldest teams in the league. They are six for 13 in the finals right now. Six for 13, or six and 13. Six out of 19 that they've won. They've, this is their 20th final, and they've only won six. Yeah, the, the team is almost 95 years old, so that's not a lot of times that... So please tell me about how the Boston Bruins have all of this winning. Please, please tell me. I, I, and, you know, I want to ultimately, the fact that it's Boston, okay, I understand people are upset. It's like, yeah, Boston teams have won a lot recently. You know what, though? It's not their fault that your team fucking blows. The only Boston team that's consistently won, and they haven't won one since 2008, throughout the decades, are the Boston Celtics. And really, the only reason why you can say that is in the 50s, 60s, and a little bit part of the 70s, they won a bunch because... No other teams were good, and the the Celtics had um, Bill Russell, who has 10 rings by himself. Other fan bases need to challenge. They need to challenge their teams. If you want to root for a team, you need to challenge your team to be better. You know how you do that? You don't buy their shit. Don't buy it. Seriously, monetary boycotts really help. The Patriots were terrible before Robert Kraft bought them. You couldn't give away their tickets. Okay, they were just really, really bad. And that was, you know, let's see, that was the 80s and the 90s when when football made a real push to become more popular than baseball. And they almost moved, didn't they? Right. They almost moved to Hartford when uh, Kraft bought them, but they almost moved to St. Louis when uh, what's his name? The guy. uh, Okay, the guy who owned Remington sold them to some uh, guy who 
uh, or almost sold them to some guy who's out of St. Louis who was like part of Anheuser-Busch or something. And then uh, Robert Kraft bought them because he already owned the stadium. So then he wanted to move to Hartford and he didn't. So a couple times they almost moved. And the thing is, is this, is that Robert Kraft came in and said, I don't want a team that sucks. And that's the real thing. Um, do you think that uh, it's not Woody Johnson anymore? It's somebody else in his family. Do you think the Jets really think I I want a team that doesn't suck? Because if they do say that, they're really communicating that terribly. And the Buffalo Bills, you would think that the Pagulas, who just recently bought the Bills, would. But you know what? They don't actually know how to run the Sabers either. So, you know what? Challenge your teams to win. Challenge them to win because what we do here in this town is we don't go to the fucking games and we don't buy the merchandise. Here's the thing. As a fan of a football team that doesn't win and hasn't won in a long, long time, like they won their Super Bowl like 16 years ago now. I wish I had owners that made it seem like they actually wanted to win. Yeah, your your team, their owners really care about their football club, right? They and here's the thing: they're screwing up Manchester United as well. So, <laughs> and, and the notion of a team needing to want to win is kind of important because, um, through the late '90s and earliest and early aughts, the Bruins de- demonstrated unambiguous disinterest in actually winning. It was after the, it was after and people rag on Jacobs for causing the fucking for causing the uh, the lockout, but Jacobs getting what he won made him interested in having a winning team. Yep. As a Bruins fan, the full season lockout, I think, is a net positive because we came out of it with an ownership that wanted to actually win. <laughs> when, when your primary company is a concessions company and you own the stadium, you own the arena, and you own all the concessions in that arena. Okay, now let's say your team doesn't win. They're really terrible. You can't get season ticket holders. You can't get people in the seats. Right, so you can't charge a premium, and you're not making any money off those concessions. Those concessions are pretty empty. Guess what? That hurts your bottom line. Winning the Bruins, winning the Bruins, dedicating themselves to winning, starting in like 20, uh, 2006, and then actually winning the cup in two thousand eleven ensured their their continued success. Mm-hmm. That's exactly what happened. Yes, Jacobs is he's he's motivated by the bottom line. He really is. But if it's going to give us a good team, right? Team that I'll we can, take it. Yeah, that's just that's the way it is. So it's like challenge your teams to be better. Challenge them. Don't buy their shit. Don't go to their games. Don't support them anyway. That's how you get a good team. That's it. And you know what? I, I can tell you when you were saying like you know nuke all the fan bases. Take half the Bruins fan base too, please, because some of them oh, are Oh yes, shit. yes. The ones that think that the ones that think that guys like Hags and, and and Felger know what they're talking about, the ones that call for, for the, the the ones that seem to think that that Lucic is still you know an actual hockey player in 2019. Yeah, I'll cheerfully snap all of them too. All right, I just wanted to make sure. I, I recognize that that might have to be two distinct snaps because of different wishes, which means there's no scenario I survive. I'll take that one for the team. If it makes you feel better, I'll come in with Stormbreaker and chop off your head. I mean, or I could just die efficiently like like Tony Stark. Oh, it makes me sad still. I know. Okay, so guys, have we got yeah. the rage out? Have we got the rage out? I mean, no, but yes. We've covered all the ground that we can with the rage. All right. What do we think about tonight? Tonight is game six. We Now, I had asked before... We committed to a recording time if we wanted to actually record before the game six 
or if we wanted to see what happened. And then Jeff said, I, I am too busy for you. I hate you guys. I, I, I'm away from home Monday to Friday every week this month. So like, yeah, don't, I don't really have the option to record not non weekends. I like my, I like mine better. <laughs> Are you I, out in the field? I only was snippy in the response because I thought you knew I was away from home this week, uh, this month, all week, every week. <laughs> no, you didn't tell me. You just said June is bad. That doesn't explain anything. <laughs> that I said, Jeff, you want to go see Jeff Goldblum's uh, Mildred Snitzer Orchestra with me? You're like, June is bad. And now I, I, out. I will say this if we're going to go talk about how we feel tonight. I don't feel great. Okay, how, wait a minute. Wait, Tim, Tim, I'm getting there. First it's well, Jeff. Now it's you. Well, in, in my defense, I, I've had some beverages. <laughs> that just ensured that this whole thing gets left in. <laughs> I'm on, I'm on a lot of... A lot. You're pre-gaming. Okay. We had to record before game six, not knowing what was going to happen. And so that ensures that this is not the last episode of the season, guys. Oh, there's always, you know, our draft and free agency episodes. There'll be more. <laughs> oh, right. Right. Well, okay. It's not our last episode of the Stanley Cup final, guys. It is not. Okay. All right. So how are we feeling going into tonight's game six of critical game for the Bruins. This is an elimination game. How do we feel? Let's let Tim go first because he's had beverages. Not great. It's not great, Bob. Um. (laughs) 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 I've, I've gone back and forth so much in my head with this game. Part of me is like, you know, if they couldn't get up for game five where their captain was playing with like half a face and... At a home, bad representation of what happened in Game Five, though, Tim. It, it is, it is. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, I'm like, oh. The the other side of me is, I don't think this is a team that just rolls over and dies. And if anything, the person who's not going to let them roll over and die is Tuka Rask, because in elimination games, so this is including Game Six against Toronto. He's four and zero. With a 1.5 goals against and like a 950 save percentage. So, like, Tuka Rask is on right now, and I still believe it, despite what a lot of people are saying now. I had to unfollow the Don Sweeney par- parody account. I've been on the fence for months now, and the last couple of days I'm like, I'm fucking out, done. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The, the parody account's been pretty bad. So, I think that there's that. There was that tweet that was made aware of where the blues accidentally like printed a bunch of cr- congratulations their, their, their local paper did that yeah yeah the st louis <laughs> post dispatch they went to their e-readership and and they they posted a bunch of things i don't think the hockey gods are gonna look too kindly on that they oh, don't oh yeah the, the, the hockey gods are gonna butt fuck st louis without lube over that one The hockey gods don't look kindly upon those things, just like any other sports gods don't like when you get tattoos of your team winning the championship before it's actually happened. Oh yeah, that's that's a thing. That's a real big thing. And yet people give Marshawn shit for like his tattoo artist being incapable of spelling. Yeah, you know it is what it is. 
Like, at that point, was Marcy even sober enough to know how to spell anything either? It was after the 2011 Cup, and it was before, like, August. He was not sober. He yeah. And he got it with Sagan. Sagan was also not sober. And so... <laughs> Except the difference is, I think, that Marcy was legal, and T- uh, Tyler Sagan was not. No, Sagan was 19 at the time. But it is what it is. Um, when you win the Stanley Cup, they generally don't card you, I guess, is my point. So I'm going back and forth. I'm going to be positive on this podcast because I'm positive zero other places about this game in my entire life. I'm going to say the Bruins win. I'm going to say the Bruins score five goals. One of them is an empty net. And I'm going to say the Blues score twice. Okay, I actually was kind of hoping that you would go negative here, Tim, because that's worked it before in the past. <laughs> it, it's worked. It's worked before in the past, but at the same time, I've accepted the fact they're gonna lose. So I want to be positive. Okay, if that makes sense. Do you want to go next, Jeff, or do you want me to go next? Uh, I'll, I'll go next. Oh, they're winning tonight for sure. Okay. There's no scenario the NHL didn't put the fucking fear of God in the ref staff after that game on on one Thursday. No scenario. So we're going to get this game is going to be called much like one games, one, two and three. And special teams strongly favor the Bruins here. Furthermore, this is not a team that's just going to quietly fold like a map. I think we know that now. And remember, we've been in this position before already this playoff in the first series. Yep. This isn't the end of the world. This team wins tonight. I'm not going to say anything one way or the other about uh, about game seven. Oh, I will. Time. One step at a time, but Boston wins tonight. I, I'll say something about Game 7. I think if the Bruins win tonight, they win Game 7. I think there's no way in hell they lose Game 7 at home. Okay. Tim had a uh, Pete Campbell from Mad Men moment back there. Not great, Bob? Yeah. <laughs> I am like Peggy fucking Olsen. Walking down the hallway with the sunglasses on, with a cigarette, and carrying that pornographic Japanese art that was Burt Cooper's. In her other arm. Oh yeah, and it, it's not the the pornographic part. It's not face towards her. It was it was octopus tentacle art. That's what it was. So long story short, VA is feeling like she just won Mad Men. No, I, 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 <laughs> let me describe this moment. That that pornography is not facing towards her. It is facing out into the world so everybody can see it. There are, and the looks in their faces like, <gasps> oh yeah, yeah. The Bruins. The Bruins are winning tonight. The Bruins are winning tonight. They're winning on Wednesday. Book it. There you go. Fucking A. Mic drop. Fucking goddamn A. They des- the karma, they deserve it at this point after getting absolutely skullfucked the last two games in terms of penalties. The skullfuckery is going. The skullfuckery stops tonight. The only way, the only way the refs can make it up to the Bruins, and I'm not saying call everything for the Bruins, I'm saying call the game the right way. Yes. Well, yeah, because the Blues are already playing like shit heels, right? So, like, they're not going to suddenly stop when the calls start going against them because they got all this momentum of being dumbass motherfuckers. Yep. They're not going to stop being dumbass motherfuckers because once you're a dumbass motherfucker, you don't come back from that because you're just a dumbass motherfucker and nothing more. You don't ever go full dumbass motherfuckers. Yeah, yeah. If you call something for one team, you call it for the other, okay? Interference... You call it. Holding, you call it. Headshots, fucking A, you call it. Slewfoots, you call it. Okay? I'm, I'm surprised I have to say this out loud, but this is what you do. And then, and then 
when Barubi complains after, then the league fucking finds a coach for complaining. No, that's that's being a little too optimistic. But no. I love it. Especially because he's only an inter- interim coach, which means he's not being paid very much right now. Good. So it would like it would like steel toe boot to the balls. Ah, boot to the balls. Good old See, boot to the balls. Yeah. Steel toe though. <laughs> Gotta have some weight behind it. Steel shank too. Possibly even metatars will make that boot that much heavier. <laughs> See, here's what I want. I want the Bruins to destroy him game six. Destroy him game seven, and then I want the Blues to be like, you know what, Baruby, we're not going to remove the interim tag from your name, and you're gone. Yeah, that's not going to happen. It's all but his job, really. Oh, it, 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 he's, he, yeah, he, he, they could, they could, they could be shelled back into the Stone Age these two games, and he'll be, they'd be their permanent coach for sure. I'll take Cassidy. Absolutely. That's and that's something that I never thought I'd say. Two and a half years ago, when he was named interim head coach, or however long it was, there's no words for how much how much crow the three of us have had to eat post that after the Claude firing. Yep. 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 I was very angry. I was very, very, very angry, and and I'm happy to be wrong. I am too. I remember we were angriest about why it took so long. Like they were going to do it. Why didn't they just get it over with? Yeah, yeah. That that was one of the things I was angry about when they did it and how they did it and. You know, I was angry, just very, very angry about the whole thing because they should have fired him in January. That's what they should have done. They kept him around about six weeks too long. That's all. Yep. Yep. And uh, I think I I didn't think Bruce Cassidy was going to be that great, to be honest. But honestly, he's been he's been amazing. And I can't uh, at this point with this team, I can't imagine another coach coaching this team. Yep. Yep, I was I was wrong about Bruce Cassidy. I had some doubts. It's, it's fine, it's fine. Everything. Look, I, I was wrong. I was wrong. It's it's fine. Okay, so we're gonna have to see what happens tonight in just a few short hours. Oh boy, there's really no schedule to announce. Yep, they they, they there's game six tonight, Jan, June 9th, eight p.m. Eastern, in St. Louis, and hopefully. There will no no. There will, there will be a game on Wednesday, June twelfth, eight p.m. Eastern, the Garden in Boston, Game Seven. That was my messy. That was my Messier guarantee. It's what it was. Oh okay. I have more hair than him though. It's not an accomplishment. Yeah, he's like. <laughs> he's been bald for a long time. <laughs> 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 I guess we should just wrap it up. Uh, yeah. we have nothing else really going on. No. Yeah, yeah. Um, uh, listeners, you've been listening to Barely on Topic. You can find us on SoundCloud, Stitcher, Google Play, iTunes, or wherever your favorite podcasts are found. If you like us, follow us, rate us some stars, write a review, tell your friends. We'll appreciate it, I promise. Uh, you can talk to us on Twitter at Barely on Topic, on Facebook, at Barely on Topic Podcast, and of course, our individual Twitter accounts. I, for one, am at Dr. Hand Grenade. I am at Tim A. Richardson. I'm also currently a Xander Bogarts and Indomitian Sue fan account. Ew, Indomitian Sue? It's not really a new development. Well, Sue now plays for the Bucks, so I have to. Ugh, guess he couldn't get enough of that whole Florida lifestyle. Yes. Sorry about that. So you were, yes, you, that, that's, that's you, Tim. 
this is your turn. Oh, I know. Oh, it's my turn. Oh, oh. And and I am I am at Bert Cooper's Japanese erotic art under Peggy Olson's arm at twitter.com. That's a difficult use handle. So we will just go with the <laughs> usual of at VA from RI. <laughs> Tim? Word.